Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. All America. Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. The bill before us will certainly do some good. It will authorize some badly needed funding for better fences and better security along our borders, and that should help stem some of the tide of illegal immigration in this country. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire, Gustav Matteblanc. Is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second? This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. on Instagram, it gives you recommendations based on Brian? other stuff you've liked. Mm-hmm. And I must have liked something of that chick from Suicide Squad all tarted up. Ooh. You yeah. know what I'm talking She's about? She's a hot. The no. blonde chick. Anyway, Jared Leto is in that movie as the Joker. Ah. And for some fucking reason, Instagram likes to pop up Jared Leto pictures as I'm trying you to... You know you're into that. Oh, fuck, I hate it. Yeah. There's a lot of guys Margot I might jerk Robbie? off to. But Jared Leto's not not the uh, one. Is it Margot Robbie? Yeah. Is that yeah. Oh, you remember how hot she was in that Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. She's fucking hot. I still hot. have not seen that. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's really yeah. good. She's fucking hot in Suicide Squad. The rest of the movie's shit. But she's yeah. fucking hot. I don't even know what is the what's the premise of that show? It's a bunch of criminals that get blackmailed by the government, kind of snake pliskin esque. Like the A-Team, sounds like. More like we put something in you that's going to kill you. Oh. And they have to go do stuff to like earn their the freedom. Or, or not even earn their freedom. Earn like, aliens, like Alias Smith and Jones? Basically. <laughs> I wish that was on air. <laughs> oh, you're not course, recording any of this? I'm recording. Okay. But nobody would get it. Stuff to like try to win their freedom. I said kind of like Alias Smith and Jones. Remember that? Yes. Show no one else will know. No, that's yeah, a joke for that. two. All right. Should we go inside and then come back outside and see what the gas smells like? Because I don't notice it now. But I we, think we're good. We I think just, I got it. I think we're. I think I found the, the part that was loose. Thanks. We'll hey. know. We'll know in an hour. Or so we'll know when we're dead. <laughs> We've survived this long based on my thinking. E- exactly. 
Yeah, let's push it. All right. All right, we're going to get started. <clears throat> let's go. Second. What are we... Uh, all right. Okay. Here's here's the things that I've got to talk about. If you ever want to throw it to me, we don't even. Or do you even want to know what they are? Don't even want to know. Don't even want to know. We already know about the Ty Webb goes to people's court thing. No, we don't know how that. We don't no. know how that goes. Okay. And that's, no. that's that's for a later episode. Yeah, because I haven't gone to court yet. Right. But I'm, ep- I'm taking this fucker to small claims. First episode is the wall. Oh, we're starting right out of the Pink Floyd gate. Yep. Because it won't be funny, so we might as well be... We'll be funny. But you know what I mean. Man... Right. It's a serious topic. I was really proud of that like, that episode we just posted. That, that was, was funny. Funny It was great. Shit. It was funny. It was like the perfect mix it was of just eclectic bam, stuff. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. I mean, it was and it, really... And it flowed so good, and it was... Hell, it was an hour and eight minutes. It was, yeah. it was a long one. But it was... I listened to it twice, actually. It's good. It was so it was good. good. All right, let's get... Well, just well introduce we're, yourself. We're supposed to be having these country witticisms from Heavy, who's that lasted about a week. Yeah, I shit that well ran dry. Nice, He's a shallow well. He's proud of himself just for coming up with that. <laughs> yeah, that was. Welcome back to Can You Hear Me, the podcast of three guys talking about stuff. Disclaimer: Tonight's going to be a serious episode. Serious. We're going to talk abortion. <laughs> Not that serious. Okay, we're not, not going to talk abortion. I am Gustav Montablanc. I am Ty Webb. And I am the one and only Master of Disaster, Heavy Longmire. And you can reach us at Real Gustav on Twitter. I am at TyWebb3000. You can find me at Longmire Heavy. And you can email <laughs> me. Think for a minute. Yeah, you have that look on your face <laughs> like, is this right? Which you do all the time yeah, with your Twitter I, handle. Uh, you can email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com. You can find us on the web at canyouhearmepod.com. And you can find us on Instagram, Reddit, wherever. Just type in our name, and hopefully you'll find us if you can get past uh, the scam of Can You Hear Me. Have you heard about that? No. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Okay. But today, we're going to talk about, quote-unquote, the wall. Are you going to insert China? Please tell me you're going to overlay some Pink Floyd onto this episode. Oh, yes. Another we'll, brick in the we'll wall. look at it. Yeah, going to do that. Heavy and I last week debated heavily via text over whether we should discuss this. And Heavy was adamant that we should. I believe you made the point that we had the duty to discuss it. I enjoyed. I was on this group text as well, if y'all don't you know, forget. But I was just enjoying watching like a good tennis match, the volleys going I, back and forth. I really... What said it just perfect was when Ty said, chimed in and said, you know, so and so and so and so. Goran Vidal would be very proud of you too. It was Not a. Gorn, <laughs> shit. You mean William F. Buckley yeah, and Goran Buckley, Vidal? Buckley and Vidal would be very proud of you too. It was a very Buckley Vidal moment. Well, I left you out of the discussion because you were sitting on the fence eating the popcorn. I was laughing at it. And and I kind of took it as Ty thought it was legitimate to discuss as well. Because it's not just... I liked the issue you posed of it being fun, being it being a interesting discussion to talk about morality versus laws. And, and and those are always kind of fun discussion. And it, it's a multifaceted issue yes. for sure that can go in a lot of different directions. And I wanted, I thought it would be entertaining to just pull back the curtain a little bit and talk about the debate 
that you two were having about whether or not we should even talk about it on the show. Should we read our text? I don't know if we should read the text. <laughs> I'm willing to. I'm willing to make all the pot parts okay. without having to go through the line okay. by line. Okay. We can send out a train. Email us if you want. We'll send you a transcript. <laughs> send us a self-addressed signed envelope. Self-addressed stamped envelope. So basically, my concern was that this is a lightning rod topic that I worry that we would lose possibly some listeners. That's a legitimate and concern. We have remained apolitical in our discussions for the most part. For the and most asexual. Part. No, we haven't done that. We No, you're right. We haven't done that. Note to self, do that. But mostly, next week. Mostly through the, this last year, mm-hmm. other than the one time when Ty wasn't here and I just said we're not going to talk politics and you had a gleam in your eye and immediately started talking <laughs> yeah. politics. That was one of my favorites is when Gus said we're not going to talk politics and then y'all talked politics for 20 minutes. Yeah, right. Well, in, in my, which those are all legitimate concerns and legitimate thoughts. My take on it was, I feel the three of it, because we, we're a pretty good sampling of the spectrum, I feel like. Yeah, you mean I like mean, the political spectrum? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And, uh, I mean, Gustav's more right, I'm more left, Ty's kind of right there, center. I'm more bi. Right. He can go either bi way. Bi-party. Bi-party. And, uh, and the three of us, we can, talk issues like that without getting pissy and, you know, storming, you know. Usually. Yeah, usually. It not being some damn Twitter battle, you know. And, and that's that was one of my other concerns is, like, right now, and I think you're probably about the same way, I've pretty much shut off Facebook. Oh, I, yeah. I don't even have an account. And I do not engage in Twitter no, politics no, at all. No, no, And there's been a lot of that lately. Oh, Yeah. I didn't want this necessarily to become a battleground. I agreed from the start that if anybody can discuss it without it turning into a shit show, it would be the three of us. Right. So if you are one of our listeners who, no matter what side of the spectrum you may fall into, if you think you might get offended, just turn us off this episode, and next episode we'll be back talking about strippers or whatever we talk about. Turkey shoots. Yeah, we'll be back to, you know. Goat roping. Hobos and horseshoes. Hobos and horseshoes. There you go. So, thanks for stopping by. (laughs) Adios. Enjoyed the visit. (laughs) And then we'll see you next week. But for the rest of you, we're going to further down this rabbit hole of the wall. I sent out a tweet asking for emails. Mm -hmm. And I got one from... Oh, I got a bunch, first off. from And not all about the wall, but this is where it's going. First one I got was from Toledo. And I love Toledo. I don't always agree politically with him, but I respect his opinions. I definitely would eat anything he's cooking. Yes. Oh, my gosh. When, when he's barbecuing and working with his dad, mm. that's that's some good-looking stuff. Then I emailed Toledo back, gave him my opinions, told him the backstory of how we'd argued a little bit, and I thought, I'll send this to Heavy, and he can look at it, and we'll just, we won't do it on the air. And Didn't think it. to send it to me. I sent reason, out an email asking for. What, he sent out a, a text asking for emails. What email you wanted it sent to? You gotta give me a phone, a dude. You never got that. Text, I did not did get that text. Yeah, my phone is. You've been jacked hacked. Up. I think the Russians have got to you. It could be. There's no telling what all I've missed because I noticed some of the stuff I missed. You do know that Donald Trump is president, correct? 
I think I heard something okay. about that. Okay. Yeah. So I did send out the call. Sorry. My apologies. I didn't get that, though. And then... He got it. He's fucking he lying. He does. He's just trying to stir shit up. Come on, Russian guys. operative. So then KJ emails me. Again, about the wall. Sniffing some collusion here? here. So I send KJ an email back. Basically the same stuff to Toledo. A few different points. Yeah, I think KJ's. Ty has it. Okay. But I'm still thinking... At this point, I'm kind of like, is Heavy pranking me? Has Heavy started a group DM with all of our little cohorts? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Saying, let's fucking build a wall around Gustav of email. I think we can all agree on that. That would be a good idea. Make email great again. Make email great again. And then I get an email from Clay. Good Clay. First email from Clay ever. Clay J or Clay Clay? Real Clay. Ooh. Not fake Clay. Not clay, so classic clay, not new clay. Not not new clay. Clay classic. Clay Cranfield? No, Clay Byington. Oh, that clay. The real clay. Gotcha. And I'm really thinking this is a bit now. Mm-hmm. But Clay's was very eloquent and talked about his own experience, and we'll read it in a moment. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, my spider sense is tingling. Did you send that one to me? I didn't send any of okay. these other ones to you, but I haven't printed out, and we'll read them in a moment. Okay. Then, Because his wife, because... His Clay's wife, wife is Hispanic, right? His wife is Hispanic, and her parents are both immigrants, okay. legal immigrants. Okay. And we'll detail that in Clay's email. Then Trav emails. Trav. Dogpile. And I'm really like, look here, something's up. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a wonderful, heavy conspiracy that he made some secret calls. And <sighs> then you got to drag sweet Tom into it. Oh, Tom... Tom emails us a wall email. Yes, too. I've got Tom's right here. I hadn't read it yet. Just about everybody on our group Twitter sent in an email then. Almost. And I just got an email from Austin. And I'll be damned if there's not a wall email here, too. <laughs> <laughs> if this happened organically, which I give about a half a percent chance, this is wonderful. If it didn't happen organically, also wonderful. Yes, for a whole either way, reason. I love it. I absolutely love it. And every time I got one, I would laugh and email and text y'all saying, got another fucking wall email. <laughs> uh, well, at about, by the it, time, it started to ramp up pretty fast there too. It snowballed on him. Yeah. And by the, well, this is one from Austin just came in a couple of minutes ago. Maybe he's listening. Wait. We don't do it live. Well, maybe so, he's a time traveler. Maybe he is. And my dumb kids have been talking about time traveling lately. Yeah. We'll pass that on okay. later. So just like some biblical character that the Lord worked on his heart, I have given in and we will talk the wall. Yes. <laughs> wow. The people. See, democracy does work, folks. The people have spoken. So that's almost like in a somewhat of a protest changed your mind, right? No. So in a way. What changed your mind? It changed my mind that these people that I love all wanted to talk about it. Now, I've loved you a long time. <laughs> Mark that. Long time. <laughs> long time. Now, you've loved him a short time on many occasions. <laughs> it's really not love or lust. That's true. It's very loose, loosely defined love. Whether or not this was a conspiracy, it was enough critical mass of our listenership, our core dedicated listeners. Yeah. Our code pinkers. Yes. 
that I thought, okay, I'll give in and we'll discuss it. So enough people spoke up. That's right. Change was affected. The will of the people. Enough people that I give a shit about. The will of the important people. Spoke it, this up. could have been a whole bunch of people wearing little knitted hats, carrying signs, and we wouldn't have been reading this. <laughs> I bet Clay has a knitted hat. He might. I bet he's carried a sign. He might. But you love him. I do love him. I said a whole bunch of people. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. A whole bunch think, of indiscriminate, you know. No. Gotcha. I like to think that the next phase of this, if Gus didn't respond, was to actually show up on his lawn with signs. <laughs> and knitted hats. <laughs> yeah. Just hoping to get a peek at the nightcap. Uh, quick nightcap thing before I forget. When I was doing the art for that episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll do a nightcap. And I thought, who wears a nightcap? Scrooge wears a nightcap. Mm -hmm. So I went and found an old illustration, and I started to work with it in Photoshop. And then I realized, that looks like a clan hat. Oh, no. <laughs> so I put Kim Cattrall instead. There you go. Good, you know, good call. We had a friend of ours that we went to school with that was in mine and Gus's grade that was a card-carrying clan member. Really? I did not know that. And he would make jokes about it every now and then. And then one day, sure enough, he whipped that thing out of his wallet and showed it to us. No shit. Yeah. All I'll right, tell I'm, you, I'll I will tell you edit who it that off, is. But you go ahead and tell me right now. Uh, that's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that was a bit and how much wasn't, but he had him a card. There were, I've heard tell of in that part of the county. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a real diverse part of the county over that there. There there were some of those. I've never known it for a fact. I've just always heard it. Uh, I'd heard it north too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But, but anyway, our people have spoken and whichever one of you orchestrated this, you have won as I look at you across the table. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go ahead and come clean now or do you want to continue this plausible deniability? I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, that's <laughs> thank what I you, thank you, Colonel North. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, you talk about the canary look on his face there. Oh, it smelled of him. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I got two, yeah, I was like, something's up. And then when I got the third one, I'm not a prankster though. Ty's the prankster. Yeah, but I didn't have anything to do with this. This just felt like you. This, I know like you're me. not a prankster, but this just felt like you. Okay. And this is also not just a prank. This is a little bit of stick it to you. And I, <laughs> I think between the two of us, the one that Gus would think would be more likely to do that to him would uh, certainly be you. Yeah, that's exactly correct. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. Here we go with Toledo's email. And Now, are we going to read all I'm, the emails and then discuss? Or? We'll read them all. Okay. We'll kind of go around. And that way, y'all y'all don't have to all listen to me. Oh, I get to use my my voice. Yes, it's my big break into voiceover work. Voiceover work. I thought Heavy's Christmas was your big break. That was really good. This is my second break. <laughs> your second big break. Yeah. I just want to say for the First record, one didn't pan out. That uh, <laughs> maybe it hadn't had, you know, had time to blossom yet. One. I want to put on the record that I want Toledo to cater my fifth wedding if i ever had one <laughs> okay i feel like that might be all it takes to make this one work oh that's sad 
Just good brisket. <laughs> that's, all that's, that's all that's missing. Yeah. Quality smoked meats. <laughs> that's right. All right. So Toledo says, are walls really that great? Now, I thought when you said wall that this was going to be an episode about Mending Wall by Robert Frost. Is that not what we're talking about? Oh, I got it all wrong. You're right. This is the Robert Frost episode. Yeah. Because I'm fully prepared to discuss that. I don't know about the rest of this. I'm not that big a Robert Frost fan. Then again, I'm not a real poet fan. Where do you fall on Robert Downey? Senior. Oh, yeah. Is there another one? There's senior and junior. Oh. And Robert Downey Sr. (laughs) made one of the craziest movies I've ever seen that we'll have to talk about at a later time. The apple didn't fall far from the tree on that one. Uh, Daddy's crazier, believe it or not. You know what else we need to do? We need to do an, uh, I think we need to do an entire episode on Morton Downey Jr. Mm. Yes. Have y'all seen that documentary about him? No. I'd like to. That needs to be an assignment of ours to all watch that documentary and then discuss. Okay. Because, I mean, he was such, I mean, he was a can't miss TV back in the day oh, yeah. for us. I mean, he hit our wheelhouse and our time frame just right. And when KJ and Clay did their daytime TV episode on yeah. Partial Recall, I sent them a gif of Robert Downey. I don't even think they knew who the other was. Morton, Morton Downey. Downey, Morton you Downey mean? Sorry. Because yeah. that was great. Oh, man. I never watched him. Really? Oh, okay. You missed out. I prefer Donahue. <laughs> I did like some Donahue. Yeah, too. I watched of course your Donahue. household was going to watch nothing but Donahue. <laughs> All right, hola amigos. <laughs> I hope that we're getting the full team this week. Individually, each of you are great, but when you're together, it's a joy to hear how y'all feed off each other. We always joke on Twitter about y'all and the 903 being backwoods and whatnot, but it's very obvious that the three of you are educated and thoughtful men's men. That's why I want to ask y'all about a topic that's been on my wi- mind a while. Trump's wall. (laughs) We've made it 11 days into this presidency so far, and since three or four of those have been filled with protests and demonstrations, it almost feels like everyone has already forgotten about the executive order to begin the planning for construction of the wall. So I wanted to see what y'all had to say on the topic. If I read the tea leaves correctly, it sounds like y'all have a pretty broad view of politics, so I think this should be a good discussion. Personally, I think it's pretty stupid. Do I think we need open borders? Hell no. But I don't think it's the end of the world if someone is tough enough to walk across the desert just so they can make minimum wage and send as much money as possible back to their family in Mexico to provide for them as long as they're not committing non-immigration crimes. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate in doing whatever it takes for your family. First of all, the estimated cost is astronomical. Are you telling me we can't take half of that and use it on technology, pay raises, and more agents and not be more effective? Maybe more NASA money? Second, I've always wanted to spend a couple of weeks camping in Big Bend, and the thought of hiking around and then looking over and seeing a big stupid-ass wall seems awful. (laughs) What about, like, chain link? Trump is a real estate man. Surely he understands how important aesthetics are resale value. Now, in these emails, (laughs) real estate aesthetics do come into play a couple times. Oh, really? Yes. We're going to talk about this from every angle. Yeah. Third, is there any good examples out there to tell us it would actually work? We're talking about drug cartels that are famous for tunneling and even broke El Chapo out of jail with tunnels. They're already using tunnels in the cities like Laredo where a wall already exists. And if you've ever watched many documentaries about border crossings, a lot of them are way out in the middle of the Sonoran Desert where there aren't people. 
Do you really think they just can't carry an extension ladder out there where there aren't agents <laughs> monitoring it all the time? And barbed wire isn't going to stop them. These two lines dragging in the sand. You just have to come lay some carpet over the top. And finally, has anyone stopped to think about what the wall and deportations could mean for agriculture and construction? I talked to a gin operator, cotton gin, and he was just hoping to make it through the next few months to finish this season before anything changes. And the arguments that they've taken all the American jobs is a joke. Americans have decided they're too good for those jobs. My dad runs a commercial construction company, and he'd love to have a bunch of employees that speak clear English, but those people aren't out there. And if they are, there's a 50-50 chance you might lose them for a week when they go on a bender. A better solution would take the other half of the estimated cost and put it into trade schools and teach kids that maybe you're not a college kid and here are some legit careers. Obviously, I'm a little biased here, but I do come from grandparents that were migrant pickers and met in a cotton field in West Texas. And I've listened to the stories of how hard life was like when my granddad woke up every morning in Mercedes and walked to the dump with a piece of twine, a hammer, and a nail. There he'd find pieces of sheet metal and drive a hole in it and drag home till he had enough pieces to build a lean-to shed to start his career as a mechanic. So I'm not denying that I have some emotion tied to this one, but I do pride myself in being able to clear my being able to be clear-minded and hearing other points of view so dazzle me what are y'all's thoughts on the whole idea on the whole idea damn i do want to say one thing before we move to that specific discussion that you brought up before and i think it was on the air when you were talking about that a lot of people were moved by the idea of you know jobs are getting shipped overseas Mm -hmm. these are jobs that we could do that are being Mm -hmm. done by illegals and that kind of thing and the difference between the difference north and south of the Mason-Dixon line between the jobs that are, yeah. you know, labor jobs that are construction type jobs versus assembly line type jobs. Right. You know, that's a very, very different job market that employs a very different type of people. Yeah. And that one would be much more affected than the other. Well, right. let's come back to that because uh, labor, I think, is a a major topic within the whole thing reason for or sure reason you know for or against for sure so heavy would you like to read kj's i believe you have his i think uh, i have his ty has KJ's. oh ty has kj okay you want me to read kj's now yes please good early morning to you fellas i hope the recording session is going well and the new equipment has been properly tested before going live that did not happen did not happen I've had a couple of thoughts come to mind that don't really have a place on our platform and figured they would be better handled by wiser and more seasoned men such as yourselves and Ty. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know why I'm reading this one. I heard the song, We Didn't Start the Fire, on the way home. Mm. (laughs) There's no way that happened. And it always he's so eclectic, he might have. No, it fits too perfect. <laughs> and it always reminds me of the Berlin Wall for some reason. Okay, that sentence I feel like was fed to him by heavy. <laughs> it now, does smack of conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Now, the little I do remember about the wall is that people would dig under it to smuggle goods to East Berlin. <laughs> he just happens to remember that part. <laughs> From his early childhood. Right. right. With it looking more and more like we're going to have a 30-foot wall cutting through the Big Ben soon, I wanted to see what y'all thought about the whole wall concept. Keep in mind that the graffiti it would attract would make for some pretty sweet desktop wallpapers. KJ. All right. Now, if you'll read Clay's. Or do I have Clay's? I don't have Clay's. Get that Billy Joel shit out of here. here as we got him. (laughs) 
To my 903 uncles, aside from considering the three of you my friends, I am a fan of your show. Somehow I've yet to email you. However, in times of uncertainty, we turn to our elders for wisdom and comfort. <laughs> it's been a hell of a couple of weeks since the inauguration, and pets' heads are falling off. I don't know if that was supposed to be people's heads or actually pets. I don't know. Yeah, it's from Dumb and Dumber. Our pets' heads are falling off. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Between the Women's March and the Muslim ban protest, I wonder if there has ever been a cause that inspired or would inspire you to make a sign and hit the street. What do you think the effectiveness uh, effectiveness is of a protest slash march? I'd love to see Gustav marching. Oh, just one time. Being married to the daughter of Sandwich Board. <laughs> Hell no, we won't go. Yeah. I also wonder what your thoughts are on the vetting process of immigrants from places like Mexico and also the war-torn countries of the Middle East. I would rather separate yeah. overall immigration versus Mexican South, border right. Southern issues. Yeah. While they're combined, you know, no doubt interrelated, I think they're two different mm-hmm. types of situations. Agreed. My in-laws both went through the long, difficult process of becoming American citizens, and they are now the most patriotic people I know. He forgot to put, except for you, Gustav. Ah. <laughs> now I know Cue comparing the someone who went through all the proper channels to someone sneaking in illegally is apples to oranges, but I'm curious about your perspective. Which brings me to the wall. Ah, the wall. I don't know if you're <laughs> hip to the idea of talking about it. But I figure you guys, especially Gustav, would be able to toss around the practicality and likelihood of the structure itself seeing the light of day. I'm sensing some planted sentences in each of these emails. Absolutely not. This is like talking points coming out of George Soros' funded organization. Not at all. Not to mention the symbolism of separating yourself from the world. I don't really have the outlet to discuss this on Partial Recall. So I thought maybe y'all would be willing slash able. Heavy has become the Peggy Noonan of Can You Hear Me? He's the, uh, what's the uh, Media Matters guy? Uh, Soros? No, uh, the guy that runs it. Soros, you know, is the big puppet master. Yeah, I, I do not manipulate currency. Uh, parenth- <laughs> or, and the, his final quote is, I'm a goddamn savage, eat with no hands, I don't even use napkins. Which All right. I can't remember if that's... That sounds vaguely not, familiar. Signed, Clay J. Ray K.J. Cranberry Byington. Excellent. Now, even if I hadn't sensed a conspiracy, mm-hmm. they threw out there, oh, we don't have in, within our framework of our podcast the, the ability to talk about these hard <laughs> right, issues. Right, right, yeah. It's <laughs> like, it's our duty on this, the freeform. It's beyond their purview. Yes. Yeah. I think it just shows how much they look up to us and how much which, they respect us. Oh, uh, yeah, which was one of your <laughs> points that you were pushing that day, I believe. Yeah, this does really fit nicely into the arguments you were making on this group huh. text that just happened to come to fruition in these emails. I believe you have Strange, Trav. Strange world. Yes, I do have Trav's. It's odd for such a Russian hater to be engaging in such communist activity. <laughs> Hello, Good Goods. This is your favorite rancher reporting live, fresh back from the elite Hippieville. Pause for a second. How newsman off hee-haw was he just now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he even is, he's even sitting in that stance. Ah, he's wearing the little hat, too. Right. Yeah. Chewing on a cigar. Okay, sorry. You mean to read that first sentence over? No, I'll... Okay. That's... Hello, Good Goods. This is your favorite rancher reporting live, fresh back from Elite Hippieville. 
A lot of issues in Austin these days, but none bigger than the wall. As an ag worker and hopefully future owner-operator, cheap labor is essential. You may think that most help around here is illegal. Well, you're sort of right, sort of wrong. The successful ranchers, farmers, and ag businesses all employ migrant workers. It may start illegally, but a big majority finds ways to get their workers legally by green card or even citizenship. My view is keep the workers coming, but we have to find a way to get them here easily and keep out the riffraff. A wall is a start. If manned properly, then an expedited system is needed to get them here fast. In conclusion, I'd love to hear y'all's side of this. Thanks for reading. Love your buns. Traff. I just realized that Heavy is the Garrison Keeler of the 903. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh Prairie Home Companion. Yeah, Prairie Home Companion guy. Yeah. Yeah. Whom I love. Uh, yeah. So it's a compliment. Great show. Great yeah. show. It's definitely one of those things that you try to expose your children to and they're like, uh-huh. what? Yeah. Like this is, you like this? Right. My oldest. You're so old. We'll yeah. play, play along with it. The other two are like, fuck this shit. Right. All right. Give us Tom. All right. And then we have. I'd like you to start it with a little doot 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 doot. If you don't mind. From Tom Ginsburg. This just in. I'll let you do the sound effect for me. <laughs> I'll but, bring the sound effect yeah. in post-production. Okay. okay. He's just so pissy. <laughs> he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so mad. I'll bring the sound effects in post-production. Just read the goddamn email. <laughs> you know what he's most pissed at? Not that we're talking about this, but that you fucked him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. But what makes this... All the better for me is that I know there's going to be a return on oh. his part at some point oh, later on, and I'm going to get to experience yeah, that, too. Yeah, I know. I know. Year two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. It's going to be real cold when that did <laughs> sir. Charlie Ferguson with the KORN News from all over and back home again. Sup, my favorite three amigos. I need some advice on an issue I have at the office. My company was recently contacted about an opportunity with the federal government. This is the flimsiest premise of all time. We've done plenty of direct, indirect government work over the years. Everything from lighting federal prisons, ICE detention centers, and various military bases around the U.S. Now we have an opportunity to provide lighting for a massive project along the U.S.-Mexico border. I'm very uneasy about the project. I was talking with my boss, and he hit me with his famous line, an order is an order. His boss is his damn dad. (laughs) If we are awarded the project, we're going to build it. I'm torn up inside. I don't know how to deal with it. Why are you reading this like a children's book? It's a great opportunity for the company. (laughs) It's our own light fixture that we spent years developing. (laughs) It could really put us on the map. But then I think about it on a personal level, and it goes against everything I stand for. I don't know what to do. (laughs) But I was hoping you guys would have some kind of 903 wisdom to get me out of this mess. Your homie for life, Tommy G. What a coincidence that all these people wanted help with this topic at the exact same time. Right. It's on people's minds, man. It is. it's It's the topic of the day. Shows how engaged our listeners are. They're all in sync. Yeah, they're all in sync. And now, Austin. This just in. Literally just in. 
balls hanging down. Balls hanging down. So he gets balls me like, hanging he knows down. I'm going to read that. Right. Greetings and salutations, comrades. You just got rickrolled. After listening to the astute podcast on polonium, it got me thinking about these tumultuous times that we are living in. As a fan of the red, I can't help but see the parallels between now and the Iron Curtain. It's a tough pickle as being a true Texan, I can see both sides of it. Surely we all know how critical it is to have our neighbors to the south here for a multitude of reasons. I feel the wall will not only keep people south of the wall separated from us physically, but also emotionally, ideologically and technologically behind. Similar to the Soviets and Germans distancing from the West, people are worried <laughs> these lesser humans are going to foul the bloodline, ruin the culture, and take jobs and benefits they are not entitled to. I'm smelling a ghost rider. Trump has a golf course in Scotland that is near a neighborhood, and he built the wall there and sent them a bill, and the residents <laughs> did not offer to pay. So I'm just wondering how we're going to accept such a large amount of pesos with the crazy exchange rate. <laughs> it's be like going to pay your water bill with pennies. Also, did you kill Bill Walsh? Love your buns. <laughs> and then there's a picture that says show heavy this guy's facial reaction after reading, which smacks of look what I did, daddy heavy. <laughs> what? Let me see. I'm pulling it up. Hold on a second. Uh, I, oh hope, my I hope you're proud of yourself over there. I, I tip my hat to you. This was genius. Yeah. Well done. Uh, Absolute genius. And in fact, there's a little bit to cut off, but we'll, we're well past the 40 minute mark on this and we haven't even talked about it yet. Really? Yes. Oh, this is just going to have to be a longer one. It's going to be a long one. Okay. So our constituency is predominantly in bed with heavy to fuck me over. And I salute you all, and I love you all. This is, may have been my favorite thing about this podcast to date, that how y'all all came together to uh, work against me, and I salute you. My first question about southern border of the United States is, can a nation have an open border if its neighbors are socioeconomically at a lower level than that nation? I don't think it's feasible in any scenario, really, for an open border, for you to have an open border uh, regardless of your bordering nation, and it remain one nation, right. it remain its original self. Yes, I mean, so. it's it's going to, when, I mean, if you have an open border, then you are implicitly agreeing to a change of nation. Because the line's not there. That's right. It, the, it's a blurred line. At That's best. right. That's right. It's no longer two separate nations. It's a it's a mixture. Right now, the Canadian border obviously is not walled off, and but there are, for the most part, any roads, with the exception of a few places, have at least some type of checkpoint. Right. There are places in the Dakotas where there's nothing. And just wander across. And there's huh? a road, and you're supposed to sign in. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a, the equivalent on some of the roads in Alaska, some smaller roads. Mm -hmm. And I want to say maybe up in like Minnesota also, there's some a couple other places. But for the most part, you have to have at least an enhanced driver's license for the border states. Or if you don't live in those states, you have to have a passport to go to uh, to go to Canada. Yeah. I mean, I think we would all agree. I'm assuming that we would all agree that. Every nation certainly has the right to a border. Absolutely. And that a border is 
essential for the solvency of any nation. Yes. I, I completely agree. Yeah, I think we all recognize I that. mean, I, I see nothing. You can just leave that and you've got a nice Schultz moment there. There you go. Right. I see nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I see nothing. I see nothing wrong with borders. I see nothing wrong with, you know, walled, fenced, anything else borders. I think the it kind of determines on, I mean, if you're having a hard time keeping folks out, then, yeah, you put a fence up. You put a wall up. You put whatever up. Uh, I mean, in the whole notion of open borders anywhere, I mean, I don't think that's, that's not, I mean, to me as a society, throughout the world, we've agreed that, that's not okay because you have to have passports to go here, there, and you know, right. to, to travel. And I think it's important for any nation to know who is coming into their country. I think our generation, that concept is a given. But from what I'm reading online and seeing in protest, I think the younger generation does not see that in the same way that we do. I mean, I don't know. Because, I mean, like I was telling Ty inside a while ago, when I was making his old man coffee. Oh, yeah. Even, uh, who, know, who knows what the hell to believe? Is it when you see stuff online, when you read stuff, you know, I have my my sources of information, which I think are pretty, you know. Backwoodsman. Le- pretty legit. Grit. But, right, grit. Uh, Paul Harvey, old episodes. I miss Paul Harvey. <laughs> uh, the uh, But even... In today's society, when it's a let's get news out as quick as possible mentality, fact-checking ain't what it used to be. Absolutely. And so everything I read, I take with a grain of salt, no matter whether it's from... Now, pretty much if it's BBC, I mean, I'm like, well, you know, they're legit, you know, but I'm still going to read some other sources. Right. When you say BBC, do you mean British Broadcasting Company? Yes, I do. Or big... No, no, not okay. that one. Not Just wanted to one. clarify. No. Yeah, so I'm, and I think that's important to not be hyper f- focused on what you see in, with the protest, which there's no doubt the protests over the last two weekends, I and mean, those were some massive mm-hmm. turnouts. Sure. And did everybody there know what the hell they were protesting about or what? No, they no. didn't. I'm not going to fool myself to think they did. Did they all have a, a legitimate concern? Yes, in their, Mine, they did. And that's like saying, that's like your kid saying he's stressed and you're just looking at him thinking you're 12. You have nothing to be stressed about. Right, stress right. is stress. Right. No matter whether it's stress to a 12 year old or stress to a 40 something year old. I mean, the emotional reaction is the same. That being said, maybe we overreact with emotion. Sure. I mean, it, emotion certainly has its place. It's just, it shouldn't overwhelm rational thought. Right. But, I mean, the opposite of that is true, too, that thinking without any emotion is non-human. Yeah. So, I mean, there, you know, there needs to be a combination of the two. But viscerally, we react to something, you know, first with emotion. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think that's part of wisdom is learning how to, you know, react a little bit more slowly and ra- and think things through rationally before you a take a position and then b take action. Right. You know. There's nothing wrong with an emotional reaction that's it can still be within the 
umbrella of a rational yeah. reaction, a rational thought. You know, yeah, knowing okay. knowing what you're knowing what you're protesting and why you're protesting it, right? Versus just you know screaming like someone you know just poked you in the side. Yeah, I think it has to be tempered with a certain level of that non-emotional analytic factor, right? And not seeing a whole lot about that with the protest. Now, IJB this week had a really good episode. I certainly didn't agree with everything they said. Focusing just on the immigration and the, and the, not just, but the last half was very immigration protest oriented. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of protests too are, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that are, that come out of a protest and there's a lot of reasons why people protest and that kind of thing too. But I think a lot of what's going on and it has, it certainly has some value is that it's, it's a catharsis, you know, right. it's cathartic for people to express their frustration, expe- especially with, others that feel with a same. group of people yeah. that have a like mind or that it's, it's encouraging, it's affirming, it's cathartic to mm-hmm. just express your frustration, your disappointment and yeah. that, and I think that to the extent that it doesn't go beyond that, it does lose some of its lasting value. Mm-hmm. I mean, catharsis in and of itself is a, it's an acute value, right? right? I mean, it's brief. Yeah, it's it, very fleeting. Yeah, it it offers relief, but yeah. it doesn't offer, you know, long-lasting change from a personal standpoint. Right. So I think I think the same thing can be transposed onto a group's protest. It yeah. has to be, you know, accompanied with, you know, rational thought, long-term planning, follow-up, action, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think there's the opportunity for that. One of the things that Jake and TC pointed out was that the election of Obama gave rise to the Tea Party, mm-hmm. and those protests started that. Right, and they pointed out the intellectual dishonesty of the same people that were for the Tea Party protests being against these protests. Right, and that's obviously yeah. you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm not sure that we've ever seen a level of general distress, especially amongst a younger generation, probably 40 under, about an election. I know we haven't seen it in our lifetime. Yeah. There was plenty of uh, unpleasantness and unhappiness about Bush versus Gore. Yeah, but not, but like, not like this. No. And there certainly wasn't anything like this with Carter Reagan, Reagan Mondale. Yeah. Bush. Uh, well, you brought an interesting point there. You said never seen anything like this with the younger generation, 40 and under. I would also say with the election of Obama, you've never seen anything like that in the gener- in the baby boomer generation True. as far as irrational fears and some, some rational fears, but the same kind of. Yeah, there was the same type wading of. Wading out into the swamp and you're like, wait, just tap the brakes a minute, you know. There, there's, there there's no has death been, panels. There's no, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's been clutching of pearls. In both 08 and now yeah. in 2016. Yeah. I do think there's a part of this, too, to where there is some of this is a result of the participant ribbon generation to where because we've had it so good and because people have been used to, you know, having things go a certain way. I mean, especially a generation who really their only president that they've experienced has been President Obama and has right. been someone that they've been in favor of. Yes, and, and looked up to and right. certainly been a 
an example to them. And is in such stark contrast to Trump that I, I think that there were not only a lot of people that were surprised about the outcome of the election, but that this was a whole nother level of disappointment than they had, had experienced previously right. in this kind of way, in yeah. the, you know, political right. realm and that kind of thing. Yeah. If you're, you know, 25, 26 years old, I mean, yeah, you, you're 25, you didn't even get to vote in 08. Right. So, you know, if you're under that, 30, uh, this has been your, because most people aren't cognizant of what's going on yeah. politically when they're 18. Right. That, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, if you want the polar opposite of Barack Obama, you get Donald Trump. Well, right, I mean, you know? and even uh, at our age, we've experienced, we've gone through enough elections to where we've experienced winning and losing. Yeah. You know, that's, I think, uh, cause y'all went to the election yeah, party right. with the IJB had, and that was the one thing that both of y'all had texted me that night. We're like, man, there were some heartbroken millennials man i mean like some genuine it, it was genuinely hard hard for us to watch because people were so distraught. physically distraught yeah you know and I, and I mentioned to y'all then you know that's and we were talking about the younger generation and you know he's been their president for that's right you know, i mean that's all life. they've known and uh you know, I, I think i told y'all that night you know one thing as a as a democrat i can you know if you want to be a democrat that's great but especially in Texas, get used to losing because you don't win very often. And not recently. Not recently. Yeah. You certainly were winning lots back in the early eighties and late seventies. Yeah. I mean to, but had, hadn't elected a Democrat a statewide office since yeah. eighty post Richards, I think. Yeah. yeah. Post Richards. And uh, but you know, and that's but to have the the level of hate I guess is the only way. And you know, when I was, I was no fan of W. I didn't think he was a bad guy. Right. Though. You know, I didn't think that, you know, and, and two, if there's ever a politician that I agree, agree 100% with, I damn sure better check myself. Right. Because that, that shouldn't happen. Cause they're a politician. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that, that shouldn't happen. There were, you know, Several things that Obama did that I didn't like, uh, didn't agree with, didn't think it was the right move. I'm sure you would say the same about past Republican I'm presidents. I'm saying it right now. There's things. Cause, and I, I don't want us to dissect it too much, mm -hmm. but there's no doubt that things could have been handled better the first two weeks. All right. <laughs> and I don't want to delve into it too much. Right. But that's just too much to even delve into. But there's no doubt. I don't disagree with everything that's happened. But there's certainly things that could have been handled much better. Yeah. And there's some things that are just totally batshit crazy and whatever. Yeah. But back to the wall issue. So we all agree that a country can't have open borders. Correct. And I don't know about y'all, but I've been in cities where there's a wall and you have to go through the, the checkpoint to walk across like in Calexico to Me uh, Mexicali. Oh, and It's a yeah. full on wall. Some of it's concrete some of its sheet metal some of its wrought iron yeah so we already have walls yeah you know, the san exactly. diego walls goes out into the ocean yeah because right. it used to just be i've wondered beach. how do they do it on the texas coast i haven't ever i've been never to that point been to that part of the border yeah I don't i've know. always wondered about that you just like get in a bass boat and <laughs> i guess i don't take know, off like from mexico and piro 
push up on nice callback South Padre or something. Get your backwoodsman in Espanol. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, but yeah, it was like that in which I would say probably out of the three of us, I think I've spent more time in yeah. different border towns than. The two of y'all. Yes. I've yeah. never been and, to a Texas border town. I've and, been to uh, California border towns, but never Texas. You know, like in Laredo, you know, it was, I, one thing I remember crossing in Laredo, you know, you cross on the American side, you know, and you walk across this long ass bridge. Right. And as soon as you get to that marker where there's a little place marker in the bridge that tells you you're crossing into Mexico and my, my phone went blank. Yeah. My, and, uh, Roman charges pick up. There. Right. But you get over to the Mexican side and there's military standing there with, you know, semi-automatic weapons or automatic weapons. Fully automatic, yeah. yeah. Humvees parked right in the street, the turret on top. Uh, yeah. And this was when some bad shit was going on in Nueva Laredo. So Nueva Laredo, that was kind of tongue-tied there. So they were on alert, you know, same way... In McAllen, you know, you cross there and it's yeah. the same. But the one thing I did not under, it blew me away when I was down in Laredo. I had no idea the amount, that's the busiest, uh, that's the busiest port of entry right. into the U.S. right yeah. there at Laredo where 35 comes across, which I, you know, you'd read that. And so you're thinking it, it blow, it blew my mind the amount of, I mean, Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres of semis and rail yards yep. and just oh, yeah. boxcars piled up. And the amount of people that cross the bridge, the bridges, each day from Mexico to come work in the U.S. Then after work, I mean, that's their commute. Yep. They just walk across the bridge, check in, they go to work, they walk back across at night. Uh, met several Americans, like white Americans, who worked in Laredo. Lived in Mexico. Sure. Yeah, because yeah, it's cheaper to live. So the whole, and even, I mean, because we're North Texas, Northeast Texas folk. South Texas is a different freaking world, man. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get south of San Antonio, and it's. I mean, the state is four a, states, basically, it's between a different east, world. west, south, and North and, uh, Texas. The, uh, and it's just, it's the way those people live. I mean, and it doesn't matter whether they're. White people that have been there for generations, that's just, I mean, that's their norm, that ebb and flow back and forth across the river. Now, when it comes to, you know, drugs being smuggled in, my main pro for the wall would be, there's you can't just build a wall and expect it to stop. That's not going to happen. There's got to be immigration reform. Right. I mean, there's a legal question to the wall. There's a moral question yeah. to the wall for sure. There, there's got to be... You know, for me, I've, I've thought for 15 years, you know, if to me, one of the best things to cut down on it is start finding corporations big time freaking money when they get caught hiring illegal labor. So this right. was one of my points when I was still laboring under the idea of this isn't a prank 100%. Yeah. Is I talked to the guys about how I have to prove in my industry, that I'm a citizen. Yeah. Passport is preferred, mm -hmm. and I have to show it physically to people, and they have to, you know, right. sign affidavits saying that they've checked my, mm -hmm. my papers. But I work for a big industry, and an industry that's tied to the government, 
and this is the life at that yeah. level. Typically, things like construction, things like agriculture, especially where somebody has to physically pick something, mm-hmm. those guys aren't having to sign off and get somebody to verify. Right. Now, if we did clamp down on this, and I, I think there's been instances where some of the states have had some very strong anti-legal immigration laws, like Oklahoma, and when they enacted that, whole communities just cleared out of that state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the businesses that relied on those took a big hit. Yeah. And if they go have a big hit, that drives prices up. Right. And so we have an inflationary counter effect to it. Right. There's not a clean example. I agree. That's the way yeah. to do it. You have to stop the people that are encouraging yeah. it if you want to stem the Well, like, because like most things, there's a solution to the problem if you're willing to enact it. And, yes. and here's my biggest issue with that whole with that issue. Do y'all remember it was probably two thousand issues and two issues. It's probably two thousand and ten when the Tea Party really started gaining traction, wasn't just a fluke, especially here in Texas. Uh there was a state guy running for state rep out of Tyler, I believe is where he was from. He just popped out of nowhere. Never been uh, behind a tree? Yeah, behind a tree. Uh, a rose bush there in Tyler. And, uh, he ran on the tea party under their banner. And, uh, I believe won the Republican primary out there. And his big thing was a big immigration, yeah. an, you know, anti illegals, big immigration push. Well, he got a, you know, people were funneling him money because, yeah, that sounds good. You know, get these illegals out. Well, he gets elected, I do believe. His, one of his first visits he got as a newly elected official was from chicken, chicken industry yeah. and timber industry yep. in, East, in East Texas. He met and up they, with Bo Pilgrim. And it was, I mean, it was almost exactly like the drive-by trucker song uh, about the tea party where they, they, they reined him in. He had, right. he had stepped over the lines and what he was saying and they're like... You can say all that you want, but you're you're not gonna take our money. And th- here's the issue that I was getting to. What pisses me off equally as bad is you have people who will champion certain, yeah, let's get behind tough on immigration, tough on immigration. But when it comes down to their bottom line, their tune changes, right? You know, yeah. And so you get these pro big business anti immigration yeah right. yeah exactly now, that, and that doesn't jive man this is one of the things that we've seen in the last election cycle especially with the bernie sanders supporters the what supporters i know i misspoke well he jumped on you quick just remember who edits this <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be you and Ty the whole, right? the whole episode <laughs> heavy wasn't available tonight but the populist message appeals to the the everyman, mm-hmm. the little guy, but we know where the big money comes from. Exactly. So they may get you elected, yeah. And we're probably seeing a little bit of this right now with Trump. Mm-hmm. And there's some things like the rollback of some of the uh, banking regulations. Yeah. All these folks got you elected, but now these guys who control things, they're right. going to get. Yeah. Well, let's make want. no mistake that regardless of, and I think it's, this is something we've seen in our lifetime that is, has changed, or it's, it's certainly grown exponentially, is that you shouldn't be, 
living under this false idea that while there are differences in the parties, that they're not all in collusion to a certain extent to be, there's a whole separation between the people oh. and Washington that has nothing to do with the parties. Yeah, that's right. That the parties are, while they're different in their platforms, they're both controlled by special interests, Correct. which for the most part, have, do not have the interests of the populace right. behind them. They have the Agreed. interest of the business. So at, both sides have their 1%. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's like just right after Bernie bowed out in the primary election, you know, I read an article where he had, had bought us his third vacation home. You know, it was, it was like, you know. Right. Come on. But I mean, I think like with the wall. Way to bring it back. Yeah. We bring it back. Like we were saying about the wall. Um, there's, like you talked about before, there's definitely an aesthetic issue. I think that there's, I mean, the logistic issue is a nightmare. Absolutely. So, I mean, first, if you get from past... Cali- from California to New Mexico, probably pretty flat. Well, but the problem once is... Once you get to Texas... So, I see a couple of problems. I see logistics on the physical layout. I see a problem with materials, because... Where are you going to get the concrete from? Right. Who's going to pour the concrete? Exactly. <laughs> where are you going to, well, and where are you going to mix the concrete? Yeah. Right. Oh, you'd have to have, you know, you'd have to build concrete plants. Yeah. How they many would plants build, would you have to yeah, build? To bunch of, bunches Put of. Put people to work. Right. Yeah. It, this is an infrastructure project. Yeah. Yeah. I have a problem with some of the imminent, imminent domain issues that are going to hit mm-hmm. some people. No doubt. Because I am a Especially big, in Texas. Especially in Texas. And so there's going to be issues with that. Logistically, the other problem I see, and having the ability to read all these emails over time, let me think things through. Right. How long did it take for Eisenhower to get the interstates built? Oh, he did it in 10 years, didn't he? Five years? Uh, it was several years. I don't have an exact. It yeah. was, you know, just a, Very quick. It was quick, but it was still a multi-year process. Oh, for sure. absolutely, yeah. And it was a process... For as much as we know, and I haven't delved deep into the subject, there wasn't a lot of resistance. Mm-hmm. If the midterms flipped, this can't be done in two years. No, no. And then Congress is going to come in and defund. Yeah. If the midterms don't flip, it can't be done in four years. Right. Then we'll have a, a real 903 looking half wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Place that's about two feet high and yeah. then chain link on top. Yeah. So I don't know. If it would be a concrete wall, I know you think concrete when you yeah. say this. It could be steel like it is, and that would certainly go up faster because mm-hmm. you could prefab it and right. just go uh, lay your concrete footings. And But you'd have to do footings. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. 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 But that's still not going to stop people from tunneling. Right. It's not going to stop people <laughs> with their 20-foot ladder right. and a piece of carpet over the razor wire. But there's, <laughs> there's no doubt that, you know, I think it's – like with any argument, you know, you run the risk of being black and white in an argument and saying it's all or nothing. And I don't think, I don't, A, I don't think that's a realistic goal. So I don't, I don't think there's any need to argue the point of, hey, we're not going to keep everybody out. Right. I think a better argument is, you know, is this going to slow the flow? And I don't think there's Which, any doubt here's, here's that if you thing. had a physical structure there, it would slow the flow. The flow is already slowed. Right, but I mean slow. But I mean slow. Right, temporarily. Temporarily. Well, the flow's not stopped right now that they think there's a wall coming. Well, no, but I mean in <laughs> but, the last but what, I think five would, years, there's been a net I mean, okay. increase. Okay. And then 
But how do we know these numbers? So if we, if I don't have... There's a guy down there council them as they come across. Oh, that's right. He's got one of those umpire clickers. Yeah. Click, click. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it, I mean, don't you think we we would all agree that it would further slow the flow yeah, if there was a physical Ab- structure absolutely. there? Because right. there's, there's a whole different argument between, which I think we've already all agreed on, whether or not a country has a right and an obligation to have a border. Yeah. And now we're just talking about how that border right. is going to be right. well, know, and enforced and, and be aesthetically. Here's my other challenge with it in talking about, you know, Immigration reform in general. We've, we've got to change. I mean, not only just to make sure we know who's coming in and so that we can kind of control things, but for safety. That's right. I mean, we're not in the Ellis Island days anymore. Right. I mean, my, I mean, I mean safety from the people coming across. It that, both the, ways. Their, their personal safety. Both ways. Their, uh, I mean, the population that my wife works with, she, Tells me some horrendous stories. I mean, hell, just last week, of this little girl who's in first grade, and through a translator, my wife's working with her, and the girl, she's been in the States about a month, and her and her mother, dad was detained, and, or no, I think dad died coming across. Mm. And all this girl can talk, she's this little girl, and she just tells my wife the story over and over about swimming across the river. And I think that's how the dad, I think he drowned oh. coming across. Boat capsized. And yeah, they had to right. Some kind of crazy stuff, you know. And, it's, and, you know, and it's like, damn, almighty. And then in a past job, this was about 10, 12 years ago. You know, I walk into this gas station one morning and I see this Hispanic guy sitting beside the door. This is in small town. He looks, he looks homeless. Well, then he follows me inside and I get to kind of watching him and he gets a sandwich and like a breakfast sandwich and a Coke and he goes up to the counter and he just kind of stands there and he doesn't have any money. He doesn't have anything. And of course the cashier shoes him out the door, which in this little town, this isn't something common that you see. I'm like, something's up with this dude. So I, by the time I get outside, he's not there anymore. Well, I walk around to where my car's parked at, and he's over on the side of the building beside a, a privacy fence, like the dumpster fence. Mm-hmm. He's just laying down, kind of curled. He's got his coat on. Yeah. He's kind of curled up. So I walk up to him, see if he's okay. He starts motioning for food. So I go in, buy him the breakfast sandwich and that kind of stuff, comes back out. and he's Moon pie? Didn't get a moon pie. Cherry mash. Anyway, he starts, I buy him some coffee because it's cold. And uh, he starts telling me the story. He's asking me what town he's in. And was this Ty? <laughs> he uh, he was on a semi. He'd left Flagstaff. Was trying to get. He was told that he was going to South Carolina. And along, of course, because I'm thinking, well, what were they doing on these little roads, not the interstate? And I'm like, well, they're full of illegals, right? right. So they're going to stay on the smaller roads. They kicked his ass out of this semi put him off on the side of the road i don't know if he did something wrong or i don't know what but uh he was it, it was really strange i'd never had anything like that happen to me almost like an a space alien falling yeah. you know just well, man who fell to earth a guy there in town a hispanic guy that i know who mexican guy i know might kind of be a coyote <laughs> he, yeah right he he would have people come across and he'd house them in his garage apartment that worked for him doing various 
jobs and stuff. He'd get the money, and then he'd, I think, like basically sell them to labor yeah. out in Florida and stuff like that. They just ship them all over the place. So anyway, I called him. I had his cell number. <laughs> so this is where heavy becomes involved in the human traffic. I, That's I, right. I call him. I'm like, hey, come up here. I need. I want you to talk to this guy. See what's going on. Well, he comes up and he talks to the kid. Kid's early twenties. And Lupe's looking at me, and he's just kind of shaking his head like he's got a crazy ass story. I said I just leave him. Too hot for me. Yeah. Just leave. And I'm like, what's he saying? And he's like, I think he's high. I said he's telling some. This might have been me. He's he's crazy. Well, then, so Lupe doesn't want anything to do with him. I'm wanting, now the kid's wanting to get to Dallas. Get to Dallas. And uh, so I'm like, shit, I can't just leave him here. So I go to the Catholic Church. I go to the Catholic Church. And I'll go ask the priest. Say, hey, I found this guy. What do I, you know, you've got a big Hispanic congregation. What can I do with this? He said, I can't deal on those issues. And... He wouldn't, I said, can you at least go talk to the guy? Find, do you have somebody in your congregation that can help him? He's like, I, I don't, we don't deal with those issues here. I'm like, son of a bitch. You know? That's surprising. So, found another acquaintance of mine who was headed for Dallas for that re- reasons not to be disclosed. And he gave this dude a ride. <laughs> I gave him 10 bucks to tell, he's like, what do you want me to do with him? I was like, take him to Dallas and just drop him off. He wants to go to Dallas, at least there so he's... This, this was your first foray into being uh, a coyote. I was like, at least he's in Dallas. That's... But not his last. That's right. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, just the... It's not to to deal in... I mean, have you ever watched those documentaries on coyotes? And stuff? Yeah. That's yeah. like just the some of the sorriest shit. Well, that... I mean, that's what... That bug... one human can do to another human. That's what bugs me... You know, one of the things that bugs me the most about this issue is that there's a lot of people that are rah rah wall that don't acknowledge the moral obligation I think we have to have a safe, effective, and efficient immigration policy. Exactly. Which, for various reasons, you know, just like we talked about before, I mean, there's a solution to that problem, but for various reasons, those that have had the power, the wherewithal to solve that issue have not been invested in it. Right. You know? Well, then you look in, back in the teens and the 20s and the 30s, or teens and 20s, I guess, when you had the big influx of Irish and other parts of Western Europe there. You know, everybody came, and that was, that was the law. Everybody, I, I assume, everybody came through Ellis Island. I mean, I'm sure there were some that didn't, but... uh you know, you got stamped, you got given, right? they could keep track of you in a ledger. I'm sure you got fingerprinted, you got well, vaccinated I, for damn sure. Right. And, I, and I we are seeing health problems yeah. with TB. Well, down, in, I, down in Laredo, I remember walking into this gas station, there's this big line of people, and uh, all, what, it was a big gas station, like a truck stop, this big line of people waiting in line for the bathroom. I was like, what in the shit, I've never seen a line like this. And uh, everybody's just standing there. Nobody's bitching or anything like that. And uh, a couple minutes later, one of the gas station employees comes out of the bathroom. I mean, it's a big bathroom. And uh, with his mop bucket, and uh, he'd been in there cleaning. And uh, as I was checking out, I asked one of the the cashier there. I was like, y'all just shut down the store to mop the bathroom? And he's like, like, yeah, we mop it every hour. Like, I mean, you walked in there, your eyes burned from the bleach smell. Yeah. 
and I was like, we clean it every hour from, you know, just you don't know what's coming across. Don't man. want cholera. I mean, yeah. I think it's vital that Ticks. we, I think it's vital that we maintain the spirit of Ellis Island because that is part of the spirit of our country, but that, that doesn't equate to open borders. No. Right. Not that at there's all. a difference between we want, we still want you to bring us your huddled masses, but we want it to be done in a in way, an orderly fashion, in an orderly, safe, efficient, you know, practical fashion. And that that's, we don't, I don't think we lose any of the spirit of our country by no. doing that. No. Right. And immigration is vital. Absolutely. Now, oh, we, I mean, our, Just our economy if, would, it would, it would turn upside down if tomorrow everyone who is illegal was deported. Yeah. There's no doubt. It imagine would call a global would crisis imagine economically. What, imagine what it would do. Imagine the boom that Texas has had the last 15 years. All the highway construction, home, new home construction in North Texas, you know, uh, even Austin, San Antonio area. Take illegal labor out of that. Who's building all that shit? And even Not- if, even if you take economics out of the equation, which is, I mean, that's, you know, the biggest part of what maintains our country is mm-hmm. being able to, you know, survive economically. But I mean, it's also vital just to the to our culture and yeah. the fabric of our culture for there for us to have immigration. Right. I mean, we we definitely don't want to be an island, but it does need to be balanced. Yeah. And you know, I remember when we were kids up in North Texas, how many Mexican nationals did you know? There were two families and a smattering of. Guys working in agriculture, agriculture or car dealerships or stuff doing grunt, okay. grunt yeah. work. Yeah. You know, washing the cars. Yeah, living on the back of the lot in a trailer. Yeah, oh yeah, but just a handful. Right. I mean, seriously, there were two Mexican families that we grew up with. Yeah, and that was it in that town. It. Right. That was, you know, and and so in the course of forty years, it's exploded. Yeah. Now. We've had now that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Well, it's it's a matter of balance. Just like we've had big swells from Eastern Europe mm-hmm. and from Ireland and other places in Italy, I, and more recent times a big swell from uh, Vietnam after the mm-hmm. fall of uh, Saigon. It does have to be balanced out. You can't just have it all from one culture to maintain that American melting pot, right? And historically, we've always had quotas. Now, those quotas always haven't been yeah. fair, necessarily, and there certainly have been some out-of-balance numbers, but I do think we don't need just to say, hey... As many as you, as many as you want, come in. No, right. I, don't, I don't agree with that either. And I want to go back to something you just said, the American melting pot. That's a bullshit idea, I think. It's not... We're a stew, not a melting pot. Well, I'd agree I on that. that uh, now, I think that... I was talking with Mrs. Longmire about this last year sometime. I think it was when the kids were doing Black History Month in school. That's February. And I was like, you know, that our generation, they tried. This is when they, you know, when diversity tried to start being taught in school. I said, they did it in a chicken shit bullshit way by, you know, telling us everybody's the same. You know, we're not. We're not the same, and to me, you you're lessening 
your diversity if you do say that. You say, you know, okay, you're from... Right. We don't want a homogenous society. Yeah, we're, we're not the same. We're, we're culturally... We just di- want an equal society. Right. We're culturally different, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what makes America great, is to be culture, just to have different mixes of culture, you know, that... uh Like a fine patchwork quilt? Yes. Very fine, heavy patchwork quilt. He worked heavy in there. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah. It's always got to come back to him. Me and Mrs. Longmire were talking. Right. <laughs> she was telling me how wonderful I've been. Uh, and I told her that, yes, I am wonderful. Right, right. But, I mean, you get what I'm saying? Of course. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, it, but there does need to be a, while you don't need to give up on your home culture. Right. You don't need to cling to it so much that you're not part of there the need, overall society. There needs exactly. to be some assimilation. Yes, yes there but does there, need to be some I think assimilation. Proper assimilation is maintains both. I yeah, because that, that's part of what that's our fabric is made up of a bunch of different cultures, and that needs to be ma- maintained under the umbrella of Americanism, right? Mm-hmm. Which is inherently multicultural. Yeah, I mean. That's what our nation was founded on. That should continue. But I think what a lot of what happens and what's been happening over the past generation or so is that things have gotten more and more divided politically. And that and that has led to a lot more divide culturally to where it does. There is a lot more of us versus them. No, I did out there. We live in the time of identity politics. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, I think I brought this up to you one time, Gus. It was. One of the, I think we brought it up on air. One of the gun bills that Reagan signed, I think his second term. The 86 Firearms Owner Protection Act. The Democrats passed it through the House and the Senate. Old Tip O'Neill. In today's world, that just would have got vetoed. But it had a poison pill. Uh, Hear me out. Yeah. It just would have got vetoed. Right. And what, but that was at a time when it was one of those, and he was probably, he was the last that was, okay, if this is what the people want, I'm, it's my, it's my duty to pass the legislation that comes out of Congress. And whereas now, that's why shit doesn't get done, because there's no compromise, there's no, it's just gonna change again, and you know, when the next dude gets in there. No fix to it. It's it's very easy to say, can't we all just get along and you know well, work I mean, together? There, but just just because you have a fence up in your yard doesn't mean you don't love your neighbors. You know, like you can. There's a way to. I mean, there's a way to be respectful and handle immigration in a morally upright way while also maintaining a border. Right. I and mean, I think that has to be the goal of a nation if a nation wants to survive. Yeah. And I think that includes some type of. A migrant worker status, mm-hmm. absolutely. That may have a lower threshold than a true green card. Now, if you do that, you see, I don't, I'm not. I don't know the different levels of what I'm not people fully, have. I'm not fully they, versed in it, but yeah. I know green card is a resident alien, right? And that affords you it's what certain, Mork was, wasn't it? Yes, it's exactly <laughs> what he was. Okay. Thank you for the Mork and Mindy reference that no one will get except for like three of our Boy, listeners. Now, now I'm going to have to try to not think about Pam Dauber for the rest uh, of the episode. She was so cute, but so skinny. All right. Anyway, there has to be something because we need that labor because Americans are lazy now. It's an absolute and, well, fact. And we couldn't that, handle the bottleneck of of a high bar for everyone that comes in. 
Agreed. We, I mean, we could not, we need, like you said, we need mul- multiple levels because if for no other reason, economically, we have to yeah. have it. But if we do well, that. We like cheap shit. That's exactly right. Yeah. And yeah. that's been the default, the basic fall of Americans' industrialization. Right. Because we like cheap shit and we've gotten accustomed to cheap shit. Right. We liked, we like, not only do we like cheap shit, we like to be lazy while we're enjoying our cheap shit. Right. If Trump can pull this off and bring manufacturing, I mean, I don't know of anybody that would say, no, we don't need to bring jobs back to America. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, you've got to. But I don't think that the American, a lot of that's going to be, there's not going to be as much labor involved. It's going right. to be a lot of it automated. Right. But I don't know if the if the American people are willing to pay, in some instances, in some industries, be willing to pay higher prices for those goods than what they're accustomed than to. Than what they're accustomed And I think you're dead on because looking at even my own behavior, there are tools that I will spend high dollar for for U.S. made or German made or high quality tools that I know I'm going to use over and over and over. But if it's something I'm only going to use a couple of times, mm-hmm. I'm going to Harbor Freight and buying some cheap piece of shit or Walmart or wherever, right? And from not China, and it's made from China. Or yeah, I mean, the 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 pocketbook always speaks loudly. Yeah. Now, if I had the opportunity to buy those tools locally, I would probably be inclined more so to maybe buy the higher end stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can't find them now, right? And at some point, if we don't lose all of our listeners, maybe if we do, it'll be more <laughs> reason to. I'd like us to go back and historically look at NAFTA from 20-something years past. I remember yeah, it, I was such a political nerd when NAFTA was going through that I watched that entire House vote, which lasted hours. And there, I mean, there's no doubt that it, and I think even Bill Clinton will tell you it did not work exactly how he wanted it to work. Well, like most uh, things that get passed. Exactly, right. exactly. But to me what's interesting is... You know, of course, manufacturing jobs it decimated America's yeah. manufacturing industry. Agriculture, on the other hand, it's been a boom. Two different worlds has been great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We can now ship cattle. Oh yeah, all over the continent. Yep. You know, now there's no doubt that uh, it's it's has its ups and downs. It's right. not been a total failure. Yeah. It's always whose axe bends gore. Exactly. Who's at axe? Ah, fuck it. <laughs> Whose yeah. ass is being gored? Whose ass right. is being gored? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there. It, there's a lot gored, of not ass. <laughs> Whose who's ass is being oxed? Is this in your uh, your version uh, of the Old Testament that you talked right, about? Yeah. First opinions, right? First opinions. Um, I the there's a lot of hypocrisy to go around on this issue for sure. But just the the idea of I wonder how many of those people because a lot of times these are the same group of people. The group that wants to deport every illegal right away and build a 50-foot wall and not allow anyone else in, how many of those are willing to pay 500000 instead of three fifty to build that house they're building? Right. If, now, they're, if they would be willing to make that trade. Exactly. This is something that I find interesting because down here we don't have a lot of union presence. Mm-mm. There's a few, but... There's hardly any construction unions down here. Yeah. And when I was back east, that's what you have. If you have a house built, 
a right. union crew is building it. Right. And the prices are higher. And the prices are insanely higher. Yeah. Right. Now, those people up there, it's in their best interest to keep that immigration down. Mm-hmm. And there are groups of socioeconomic classes, white trash and everybody else on that lower end of the spectrum. It's their best interest, if they were willing to work, to keep that immigration numbers down. Mm-hmm. But you see people... and you. You see people vote against their best interests all the damn time, right. both parties. But pushing for this, whereas that's people that are flooding their level of the market. Now, then you get into the, the jobs people won't do anymore. Yeah. Well, and two, I can't remember if this was on air or off air. Ty brought up a good point of the difference north and south of the Mason-Dixon oh, line. no doubt. Was that on air or off air? That, that was on was, air. Was that yeah. on air? Yeah. In our first you know, hour. And th- those are those are more... Some of them more industry skilled type jobs. You know, an interesting point too from other places that are heavy union where the cost of living is higher and we've had an influx of those people in the Texas. I like to call them Yankees. Looking uh, at you, Tom. <laughs> one thing I have heard from several of them is after a few years of being here, it's really not that much cheaper. They find a way to get you they they are all blown away at the cost of property taxes what's because we don't have a state income tax. yeah right that that makes a big difference right and a acquaintance of mine that moved here from california they have a nice ass house down the road here like eight hundred thousand dollar house you know which would be four million in california yeah they sold their house in california bought a nice ass you know for like a million bucks bought a nice ass much bigger nicer house here for a lot cheaper but she said taxes blew them away that first she's like i knew the property tax would be higher but i didn't know it would be like that said that and uh she's like i don't know that it's that much cheaper living here well property taxes are a whole another hot button now one thing that i wanted to talk about and i don't have Right from the start, I'll go and say I don't have the answers, but I don't I don't fault anybody for immigrating legally or illegally, illegally to better their life or their family. No right. way. You Not know, if I was in the same circumstance and I could either get my family out of a dangerous situation or a situation of extreme poverty, I would probably do it. Mm-hmm. For now, sure. If I do that, I would be fully aware. Of consequences. Of the risk. Right. right. Whether they're legal or danger or whatever. And that's one of those things where I feel bad for the dreamers. Yeah. These kids that were brought over when they were young. Yeah, man, that's... And I don't have a good solution to that at all. I mean, in my heart and mind, I say there's got to be a way of, of putting them in a different class and expediting that citizenship. Right. And I don't have the answers for that at all. Just because, I mean, there's no, like, again, I mean, my, my daughter has friends, several friends that are illegal. They were brought here when they were, you know, six, seven years old. And now they're 12, 13. And they're just as American as she is. Yeah. Well, I mean, looking and socially, culturally. Yeah. Socially and all that stuff, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, and like you were saying, I you can't fault anybody for wanting to better their life's 
situation. My, my wife works with this lady who started out as a volunteer who got a real interesting story. She will be the judge of that. She was from, she came here from, uh, what's right across from El Paso? Juarez. Juarez. Her and her husband were from Juarez. He was a, she was a news reporter. He was a professional soccer player, I believe. This sounds like a show on Univision. And, well, during the, when the narco wars were really ramping up and the violence was bad in Juarez, uh. As opposed to now. Yeah, where it's. Yeah, cool. <laughs> the, uh, but it, I mean, they were regular middle class citizens. Yeah. You know, nice house, car, cars, right. that kind of thing. The narco wars were getting pretty bad. Said so she was walking her daughter to school one morning. They're at the Catholic church by their house. So she's getting close to the church. She sees, which she had been a newscaster. She had received death threats. Yeah, absolutely. That's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was just part of the job because she, you know, believed in what she was her cause, sure. you know. So they get close to the school and there's people gathered around and she gets up close and there is a stack of heads, severed heads in front of the church door left on the steps there from the cartel. Evidently, they were wanting to store narcotics or money or guns or something there at the church. And the priest was like, no, it's not, it's not happening. You know, and this was their signal to to him. So that was the second or third time she, so that was the worst she had ever seen. But second or third time had seen something, you know, really traumatic and said at that point, they were like, we're getting out of here. We, we've in, I don't know their status. I don't, I mean, I think they got over here pretty quick. I don't right. know. I don't know her legal standing, but, uh, yeah, I mean, these are just everyday regular people, you know? Right. And it's like, man, yeah, shit. Yeah. Get the hell out of there. Well, and that's part of why this, there, nothing comprehensive has been done on this issue mm-hmm. is that so you're not going to get a majority. I mean, you're hardly going to find any, much less enough to make a difference when it comes to political leaders that have the intestinal fortitude to make some really tough decisions. Yeah. Because you're going to have to, to make an effective, comprehensive immigration plan that is the best one you could possibly make, that's the most moral, that's the most fair, that's the, you know, the most Mm -hmm. efficient, you're still going to have to make some really hard decisions yeah. and tough choices. And it's not going to be good for everybody. That's right. That's yeah. right. And there's too many interests at stake and too much money involved to round up enough politicians yeah. to make some of the, you know, there's just like with the tax plan, there's a reason why it's so ambiguous that, you know, hardly anyone, including tax attorneys, can tell you exactly how things are supposed to work. Right. You know. Yeah, it's it, like that for a reason. That's right. That's yeah. right. There's people that are people that have the that are that have the power are invested in some of these problems not being solved. Exactly. You know, the Mexican state of government has pretty much been on the teetering on a failed state from a socioeconomic an internal policy standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Since, yeah. Say, since, yeah. And just, I think it's PRI. Is that the party that was in power for like 79 years? Yeah. Or 70 so. years? Now, I That's think the one that 
Presidente Fox overthrew. Beat. Yeah, yeah. Over, yeah. yeah, or beat. Yeah, but they'd been in power the entire time. Now immigration beefed up under Fox. It ramped up. Yeah, but that also times with the narco wars escalating. Yeah, yeah I. I think we have to we have to have a some type of comprehensive reform, but we also have to help Mexico yeah. if that's possible. Well, you know, and that's what NAFTA was supposed to do, but it didn't. It didn't, right. you know. So we have to take an honest look at that and say why didn't it? Where, and I'm sure you're going to find it's one of those where that money's just fallen into the hands of a certain few, right? Just like it tends to do whenever you get large sums of money involved. And well, the we salute. have more than just Mexico. You know, right. Central America. Oh, yeah. Lots of Guatemala. El Venezuela. Salvador. Yeah. Great but movie. It is a good movie. I, I believe Clay's father-in-law is from El Salvador. Oh, yeah. And his mother-in-law is from Mexico. Okay. And talking with Toledo in follow-up emails, his great-grandparents came over. Kind of fuzzy about what their status was. Mm-hmm. But that's been... Toledo's great-grandparents? I thought it was his grandparents. Well, his grandfather... Was Mexican American. Oh, I thought his born in America. Okay, and his grandmother also. Their parents. Okay, were of fuzzy status. Okay, and back then things were a little less. Yeah, it was fuzzier back then, you know. But he said that talking with his mom, it was one of those things that they never talked about. Yeah, that generation. Right. Kind of like just keep it on the down low. Yeah. Don't, don't ask. Don't tell. But yeah, his. Uh, parent, his grandparents were born in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, and as with most issues, especially with this, and you get politicians from, you know, which I know every state has dealt with. Th- and this has been one of the strange things in this, you know, last ten years of you know heavy immigration from from Mexico and Central and South America. Is it hadn't just concentrated on the border states? I mean, man, it has it's pushed, spread. yeah. yeah. From you know all over the country, but but when they look at it, they just see nothing aggravates me more than to see a, a governor or a politician from you know Pennsylvania or West Virginia or you know one of those up there talking about what needs to happen on the border. Well, you know, won't you talk with the governors and the and the reps right. from the border states, you know, and see? I mean, Texas politicians know that. You know, no matter what their party is. Uh, okay, tap the brake a little bit on this. It's there's, a com- it's a much more complex. Yeah, there's a, uh, you know, Texas, Texas politicians know full well that Texas would not be thriving like it was, like it is, if it wasn't for right migrant labor. And they have a whole other level of accountability to those decisions than people mm-hmm. who are not in those states and a constituency that's not as homogenous as right. West Virginia. Right. You know, you still, you might have some representatives from the north and the west, northwest of Texas that could ban, uh, bandstand a little bit, but you got to play to the folks down in the valley too. Mm-hmm. And the folks out in Rio Grande. And that's getting a family. Yeah. You know, whether it's cousins or mm-hmm. distant family. Basically, just to kind of wrap this up. We lost everybody about six minutes in anyway. They all bailed out on us. I think we all agree that we can't have a full open border situation. We all agree that there needs to be some level of immigration reform, uh, comprehensive immigration reform. Yes. Including some type of status for migrant workers and some type of expedited matter. 
Now, with that would also come an extra layer of accountability. You would have to have people making sure that that wasn't. Yeah, this just means more bureaucracy. Abuse, right. you know, and another, you know, a heavier ice presence. Yeah. We all agree that it would be a logistical nightmare, and that we wouldn't. That it would be uh, aesthetically displeasing for sure. You know, I have seen some of the wrought iron wall in where was it at? It was in California. It wasn't as bad. It was open. Yeah, about four inches. It's certainly not as nice as looking out on something out of Blood Meridian across the Sonoran right. Desert. Right. But it's better than a solid Berlin Wall like KJ remembers from his youth. Maybe we could just do one of those invisible... Fences? Fence lines like you do for a dog. I think you have to put collars on everybody for that to work. Yeah, I think so. And that's we're saying that's not possible? Uh, that could be a new industry. Oh, yeah. I think if you want an infrastructure project for your people always barking about infrastructure, we got shovel ready with this thing. We can uh, start pouring concrete for that footing. I got a trench and shovel out. Or we could do we could do lasers. <laughs> we could do sharks with lasers. Yeah, sharks with lasers. We got just oh yeah, that's it. we just build a giant moat. There you go. And then we do laser sharks. How issue about solved. we'll put a moat on this side of the water obstacle that's already there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We definitely want to make sure we're on the right side of that. It's hard to build a moat in the ocean. Yeah. Hey, before we leave, I want to share this. A scripture? Is this in First Kings? <laughs> this is, is in First does, Opinions. Does this have to do with Goliath's member? Uncut. No. This is a discussion between Tom, KJ, <laughs> Toledo, Austin, Jay, Trav, Huh. Where's Jay in all this? Lucy, Clay, and our dear friend, Chef Rob. All right, guys. This is me. Of course it is. All right, guys. This is long, but I need y'all's help with a prank on Gustav. <laughs> Ty and Gustav are not included in this message. Ty, Gustav, and I have a group text with each other where we have lively discussions pretty much every day. Yesterday, Ty asked my thoughts on building the border wall. We discussed just a bit, and then I said, we need to wait and do this on the podcast. Ty agreed it would make for a good discussion of moral views versus laws and etc. Gustav was completely against discussing it on air. He says it's too polarizing of an issue, and people don't want to hear us talk about that kind of stuff. I disagreed and said since the three of us are able to disagree on things without screaming at each other, I thought it would be a good discussion and listeners would like it. Here's where y'all come in. (laughs) Cue the talking points. If each of y'all would send in an email asking for our thoughts on the building of a border wall, it would freak Gustav out. (laughs) I think what we've learned from this, too, is that Gus can only trust Lucy... Jay and Rob, because those are the only three that didn't send in an email, right? Correct. So those... Let me finish. Those are the only three in your camp, firmly in your camp, Gus. Okay. Uh, If each of y'all would send in an email asking for our thoughts on the building of a border wall, it would freak Gustav out. He gets uncomfortable and squirmy when people ask him things like that. LOL. (laughs) 
<laughs> then me and Ty can push him on the topic and make his head go crazy. LOL again. <laughs> We're recording next Friday, so you have a week to get the emails in. This will be great as long as nobody tips him off. We're all counting on you guys. You're our only hope. And the I, the this is where you hang the mission accomplished banner. The text exchanges were great. I mean, everybody. I want to thank everybody that sent in an email. I mean, they've thought long and hard on this for a week. This is great. I, this is uh, absolutely fantastic. Lucy was the first to comment. She says, I'm in. I'll nimble in some other Lucy nonsense that I've been meaning to ask. And she says, jumble in. Shit, I hate myself. <laughs> Travis, that turned quickly. Travis says, oh my, I'm in. And then Travis says, we should all overstate what side we're on. <laughs> KJ says, I too will nimble. Chef Rob says, love it. Anything for a good bit. Austin says, Dick jokes, then wall building. Got it. Lucy says, this is why I love y'all. My people. Y'all are all devils. And it just kind of goes on like that. Nothing and beats a good bit. They uh, So we've been messaging each other back and forth throughout the week. I love it. I love it. I love it. And he, uh, Tom asked me the idea about, because he, he said his company did do some stuff with partial the partial wall we have partial rewall he was going to throw some of that in and uh, that's what we're going to name this episode partial rewall then it gets brought up uh toledo says do we need to spread these out over the next week so it's not a bunch at once and he can smell the conspiracy travis says yeah i'll send mine in thursday lucy says yes they need to be spread out lucy says yeah of course she'd say that Lucy's <laughs> Lucy says, once he gives the send your emails out, we'll be ready to go. <laughs> she probably forgot, you know. She's then Travis easy. says, Gustav is going to shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I want to thank you guys who participated in this. And hopefully, it wasn't too boring. And hopefully, y'all enjoyed it and got a kick out of it. And thank you for participating politely gustav uh there was no yelling there was no yelling there There was was no screaming there were some double birds that the listeners couldn't see but no yelling well in general we're pretty civil with one another so i believe that was a good episode time will tell the the prank (laughs) was genius the prank was better than the episode probably and the prank may have been my favorite thing out of this last year that we've accomplished and I've been happy with a lot of things this last year with this. Gotcha. But that was the cherry on top. Excellent. Our now penultimate year anniversary. This will be episode 51. Oh. Just like the Super Bowl. Exactly. Plan this shit out. Perfect. I like Machiavellian heavy. It it felt, as soon as I got KJ's, I was kind of like, eh. When you texted me that after Toledo sent his, you were like, Holy shit, Toledo sent a damn wall email. Yeah. And he sent us his response, to, which he texted me your response. He's like, one thing I will say, especially with Clay, and Toledo also thought this, and Travis, was, Travis, of course, was, fuck it, do it anyway. They were worried that it would make you mad. Oh, yeah. No. Clay, was, Clay was like, I don't want him to think we're being 
disingenuous to the issue or anything like that. Clay was general, genuinely like, uh, I don't want to piss him off or well, anything like that. to the like beauty that. of it, and this is the greatness of our listening body, is that Toledo and Clay had a personal aspect to this. Right. With Toledo's heritage and Clay's in-laws, uh-huh. it gave them a natural right. piece to it. Austin swinging in off the uh, top rope at the, at the last minute is total bullshit. He did go a little superfly snook on you. But I love you all. And if you noticed in our other group uh, DM, I stated how much I loved you multiple times over the last few days. That was a tip of my hat to you, knowing that something was afoot. <laughs> So if you want to go back, I've left some breadcrumbs there to show, but it was great. I, my hat's off to you. Once they started piling in, I knew that you yeah knew it, it something was, was up. But and it did, it did open me up to talk about it, and we did it in a manner that no, I don't think even if somebody is very polarized on it, I don't think we would have pissed anybody off tonight. No, I don't think so. I we mean, might have hurt some millennial feelings, maybe, but nah, they'll get over it. And we As saw the great the issue. Don Henley said, "Get over it." That's right. The East Texas native Don Henley. I liked him better when he had a fro. Yeah, that was cool, Don Henley. He does have a super cool voice. <sighs> great voice. He does. And great he voice. did have a cool Steppenwolf fro back in the day. Yeah. Too bad he was in a shitty band like the Eagles. Easy. He's he's just trying to stoke the fire a little yeah, bit over there. Yeah. Get he's... those emails coming in, Eagles fans. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, this I guess it's been we'll, enjoyable. Uh, Y'all want to do another hour great. on it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got the NAFTA power right. hour. Coming. Right. We did a 40 minute wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, we couldn't do this without you. We do this for you and for ourselves. And I think that we've made a nice little family out of all this together. I encourage you to listen to Partial Recall with Kay, Jay, and Clay. Even though Jay did not participate in the nut kicking, you know, I appreciate that. Listen to Glenn 311 and his uh, Tell Me Where to Turn. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you next week. Adios. Bye. 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 There isn't any uh, sensible approach except to do what we need to do simultaneously. You know, secure our borders with technology, personnel, uh, physical barriers if necessary in some places. And we need to have tougher employer sanctions and we need to try to incentivize Mexico to do more. Build wall and nobody builds walls better than me, believe me. And I'll build them very inexpensively. I will build a great, great wall on our southern border, and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. Yeah. Mark my words. Yeah. And world-class championship wrestling, I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Salley. Good night from Dallas, Texas. <laughs>